you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Uh, you know, it, it was it was a win, a loss, I, I should say, uh, a moral victory maybe, but a loss uh, the Cowboys suffered today to the Steelers. But a, a game that was definitely uh, way more competitive than any of us expected mm. uh, to the point where uh, we're probably both a little bit upset about the fact that the Cowboys didn't end up winning that game. And I think we might have good reason to be. Yeah, so the Cowboys fall to the Steelers 24 to 19. Um, the Cowboys were outscored 15 to nothing in the fourth quarter of this game. Uh, you know, they held the lead for, you know, nearly in this entire game. Pittsburgh got a score late. Uh, Dallas was unable to answer. The game finished with Garrett Gilbert uh, throwing the ball into the end zone on an incomplete pass with time expiring. Um, and Landon, we we got a bunch of things we're going to talk about today, but I, I just want to give a little disclaimer for this podcast. Oh boy. Are you ready? Oh boy, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to have a hard time not being irrational on this podcast just because of this, the opponent, right? As many of you know, uh, I live in the heartland of, of Steelers country, and you know you only get to play Pittsburgh once every four years, every presidential cycle. Uh, everything around me is Pittsburgh. I walk into the local Walmart, and there's Steeler jerseys right there. I go to restaurants, and all, there's Steeler jerseys hanging on the wall. Uh, the Steeler fans, and I'm sure you guys listening to this podcast know, probably the most obnoxious fans right next to right next to Eagle fans. Uh, so you always like to get a win against Pittsburgh. I thought Dallas had a great chance to steal one today, and that would have been the ultimate win, right? Getting one with Garrett Gilbert against the 7-0 Pittsburgh Steelers team. So I know a lot of Cowboy fans right now are, are actually probably happy with the result that they saw on Sunday. You know, the Cowboys playing well, uh, but getting the loss and staying in the top three of the draft order. But I'm still mad, Landon. That's that's all I had to say. I, I'm I'm still it, this one still still really riles me up. First things first. Congratulations to the state of Pennsylvania on having uh, a fantastic few, last few days. By the way, uh, I, I would I'm not at all surprised. I mean, Penn State lost. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't either. Um, <laughs> I totally, I totally, you know, understand your 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 process, your thought process here. When you when it's close to home and you're out of town, uh, and their rivalry like that, uh, it's 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 bitter. But I, you know, I I tend to. Ag- There's a lot of good things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with 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 the people that you're talking about. I mean, I think that th- to me, this was the best possible outcome for this game. You, you don't lose your number three overall spot in the draft pick, and you show uh, enough fight that this game was good enough to watch, you know, was, was, mm. I mean, it was, I mean, I think both of us talked about how 
one of the things we didn't want to do was sit and watch terrible, you know, another half a foot season of terrible football out of the Cowboys. And yeah, they, they didn't win. Um, but I think you, you saw, uh, uh, we'll get into all this, but I think just off the top of my head, you saw something in Garrett Gilbert. Uh, and I think you, enough that you can feel like, okay, maybe this offense can not be an embarrassment every week in and week out. I'm not saying they're going to be good or great, but Garrett Gilbert at least seemed to make the offense go and was and was uh, 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 he was competent, competent. right? And, and and beyond that too, I think the offensive line showed enough protection to give him the opportunity to do things. Uh, and I think that- well, can I can I butt in really quickly? I, I do think we saw the game plan going forward. Like I think. And I know things were a little different with Ben DiNucci and with Andy Dalton, even some, but trying to pack things in and play like this conservative style of offense, it, it just doesn't work, right? The Cowboys are just a much better team when they spread things out, get rid of the ball quickly and let the playmakers do their things. I thought that's when the Cowboys were at their best today. I think that they were at their best when they were able to maintain balance while doing that. I do sure, think, absolutely. I, I think I yes. think it was a variety using a variety of things that that really ended up helping them because you know even as Tony Romo was saying, oh, I, I don't know if I like these condensed formations. They were blowing the Steelers off the ball. I mean, they they, they were able to get. 4.6 yards per carry rushing the football and and, and you know, they maintained some balance that I think helped Garrett Gilbert and, and again the thing that I was going to get to that I think is, is also again worth mentioning is this defense played a whole lot better than, than anybody mm-hmm. expected and I think that it, it, it somehow is seemingly starting to, to look like it's rounding into shape I, I, I and I think you know that starts with the defensive tackle play which you know, guys like Neville Gallimore and, and and showing up in a way that they hadn't previously. Woods had a good game. Uh, you know, I think it's it's one of those things where everyone had prepared to kind of you know get it fully into tank mode. And 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 I you know look, I still think it's the best thing for the, for the team is to try to get a high draft pick. I mean, not try, but for them to get a high draft pick. But I, I think showing something and, and, and showing improvement in spots where you had kind of given up hope uh, to a certain degree on, on there being improvement this season, uh, I think that was exciting. And for Cowboys fans to see guys like Gallimore who, you know, I think we have been talking about ha- uh, having specific struggles, for him to show out in a game like this, uh, you know, it, it's – that's the kind of thing we're looking for now, right? It, 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 it's it's disappointing to lose a game like this, of course, but the, the kind of individual play that gives you hope for the future, uh, that's the kind of thing that that's it's why why we're turning into these games at this point is is to see uh, if some of these guys have uh, you know the kind of flashes that could potentially mm-hmm. launch them into something great maybe next season. Yeah, we're going to break it all down. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Lana, let's start with the Cowboys offense. Um, you know, there were some <laughs> there were some really good things in this game. They they only scored 19 points. It certainly felt like a lot more. They settled for some field goals when I think if they had a different quarterback in this game, they probably would have been more aggressive. 
but Garrett Gilbert, 21 of 38 for 243 yards, a touchdown, one killer interception, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, the running game was pretty efficient, 31 carries for 144 yards, uh, 4.6 yards per carry. And again, uh, going into, I believe it was week seven, Pittsburgh had the number one run defense in the NFL. Now Baltimore and Dallas have gashed them a little bit. But uh, what were your overall takeaways from this Cowboys offense? You know, it seemed a little bit less gimmicky than last week, but but I think that there was a, a, a plan to kind of work around Garrett Gilbert's skill uh, uh, skill a little bit more than just trying to avoid the issue, which what it, is what it felt like with Ben DiNucci, right? Well, I think one quarterback is clearly an NFL quarterback and the other one's sure. probably not. Sure, absolutely. I, it, but it also felt different than, you know, maybe Andy Dalton running this offense as well. Just I because agree. It, it, with Dalton, it felt like you know they were trying to run Dak's offense and he was trying to do, you know do what Dak was doing which obviously isn't going to be as good. I think with Gilbert they kind of seemed to tailor things a little bit to things he was comfortable with. He he had a lot of success really when he got the ball out early in the snap when he wasn't trying to hold on to the ball that's when things came uh, uh you know came crashing in on him a little bit. But I mean again that's to be expected just because of all the things that we talked about with this offensive line. I mean, we went in really expecting Garrett Gilbert to be thrown to the wolves and, and to be crushed. And, and for him mm-hmm. to only get two sacks is, is you know, uh, a pretty impressive day for the offensive line and for Gilbert himself because I think, you know, a lot of that is about – understanding hey uh, uh this is uh, the guy's not open i don't have the time to hold on to this anymore well, i gotta get i think even the two sacks were ones where it was like him just trying to make a play yeah. right? it wasn't necessarily like within the two and a half second sacks that we were accustomed to seeing the, you know over the last couple of weeks yeah and i think and i think that that's but even even when he didn't get sacked too uh the, the times when he got crunched or you know got hit while throwing you know it was it was him holding on to the ball which again he's just trying to make plays there is going to be that balance of you know uh trying to make a play and and trying to you know protect the football and and be smart with it uh and that's that's a balance that's difficult to you know that you you're kind of trying to calibrate mid-game with a new quarterback who hasn't played with his offense in an nfl game so uh i thought you know all things considered this was a phenomenal uh, performance by Gilbert and by this offense. I mean, again, 19 points is not great. But, uh, I mean, considering this guy, you know, basically split reps all throughout all throughout the week, uh, wasn't even named the starter until, what, Thursday or Friday? Uh, I, I, I think it was Saturday morning yeah, was when I mean, we was, first found late. out. So, I, I mean, the fact that, 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 that this kind of performance got put up and it wasn't just like some kind of total disaster, which would, to, which would be absolutely – uh, uh, expected, you know, or or at least not surprising if if it thrown into the situation, a quarterback would have a terrible day. For the for the offense to suddenly find itself and, and actually move the football and and, and not just mm-hmm. embarrass themselves, uh, I, I I think that that's that's a positive showing by a team that um, you know doesn't have a lot going for it right now and was able to kind of find the good parts of this offense uh, and. Uh, and, and really huddle them around uh, Garrett Gilbert and, 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 and just kind of help him do what he does well in, in order to kind of help the whole offense move the football. So here's the question. Uh, Cowboys are, have a bye in week 10. Week 11 uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Who is the team's starting quarterback? 
I mean, I, I have to think it's probably Andy Dalton, right? I mean, I, I I agree. Who do you want it to be? I probably would say Garrett Gilbert. You know, I mean, I, what's the point for me for Andy Dalton at this point? <laughs> okay, let me ask you a different question. Who does uh, Team Tank want to see at quarterback? Because I'm pretty sure it might not be Garrett Gilbert. I don't know that that's necessarily true, though. I think that Garrett Gilbert actually gives you the best opportunity for that because. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, Ben Denucci is the right answer, but I don't yeah, think he's Yeah, well, I mean, watch. as far as that, but I, I think as far I think Garrett Gilbert is the kind of quarterback that is pretty good for this kind of what you want, where you want somebody who's going to go out there and gut it out and try and not be afraid. Well, but, yeah, also somebody you can develop. Yeah, right. That's sure. that's the other thing. And and, and, and then, at the, but at the same time, like he's going to make mistakes, like and he did today at, at key points, and that's you know that's mm. that's that's fine. You know, I, I think. That's what I, I'd rather live and die by that, and 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 then you know just kind of deal with death by a thousand cuts while playing safe in, in Andy Dalton. Yeah, let's let's talk about that interception because it was a killer. Uh, the Cowboys had a third down and goal from I believe the five yard line or around there. Yeah. Um, Gilbert was trying to make a play. Uh, got an interception, and that really changed the game. The Cowboys, you know, even if they just throw that ball away or Gilbert takes a sack, they go up by seven in the fourth quarter. Um, that didn't help, and that didn't help. But um, when would you like me to do my official, my officiating rant now or later, Landon? Because Amari Cooper got held at the stem of his route on that one. I think that's why Gilbert threw the passes. I think he thought there was going to be a penalty and he no flags. He pointed right at Cooper right after that. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get it out of the way because uh, it's it's pretty infuriating. So I'll I'll let you go ahead and take it take it take. Yeah, off. thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Pittsburgh had three penalties in this game. I and I actually remember them off the top of my head. So they had the false start on the field goal, yep. which actually benefited them. Yep. The one of the few times that a false start actually benefits the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a block in the back on Minka Fitzpatrick's interception, which resulted in a one-yard penalty. And then they had Eric Ebron had one holding on Randy Gregory. Um, that was it. That, that was all the, the penalties Pittsburgh had. And once again, it was one of those days where the 50-50 calls went you know, opposite of Dallas, right? Jalen Smith has a play where uh, he kind of touches – Chase Claypool on like a reroute and Claypool falls down. And that that real quick on that one, like that one's absolutely horse manure because yeah, he yeah. touched him inside of five yards, which is absolutely legal contact, and then Claypool fell outside of the five yards, which is re- totally ridiculous. That penalty got called. yeah, and, and that's a huge one because yeah. Alden Smith forces a fumble. Uh, they return it inside Pittsburgh's 10-yard line. They're going up at the very least seven, if not more than that. It turns into a Pittsburgh touchdown and, you know, really narrows the game. So that one was was brutal. You, I mean, I get the Jalen Smith one where the hands of the face to Roethlisberger. I, I don't. But. I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. That <clears throat> one was absolutely ridiculous because he was in a pile of people trying to get his hands up to touch the football. It was way after the play, after he yeah. got pushed Sure, up. and that's absolutely fine. Absolutely inconsequential. And then you also add in the fact that Gilbert got one that was just egregious <laughs> by TJ right. Watt in the drive right after that that didn't get called. I mean, I think that that's the thing that makes me so pissed is that – at least make it balanced. You know what I'm saying? At least, at least call the same thing 
each way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what was so infuriating is that, you know, if you're going to call those plays and, and like, look, uh, Tiki Tacky, I think that absolutely. And, and everyone's going to tell me, oh, it's the NFL. They're going to protect their quarterbacks. They're, they're, you're going to get that call 100 percent of the time. If that's the case. Then you have to call T.J. Watt for what Garrett Gilbert did. Yes, to the which would have been a huge penalty Absolutely. because the Cowboys would have had the ball inside of Pittsburgh's 25-yard line with about a minute left on the clock. I, I would even say that that sort of thing probably happened to Roethlisberger two or three times earlier in the game and didn't get called because it, it, yeah. it, it's a little contact that happens in a play. I mean, sometimes it's not about yeah. crushing the dude's skull, and especially when it's been Roethlisberger. And so like for them to like call that at such a pivotal moment in the game when when, when the, the Cowboys were getting off the field and it was absolutely inconsequential to the outcome mm. of the play is i mean it again it just lends fuel to the fire of the illegitimacy of this kind of thing and how ridiculous how how many times is this going to happen and, and we're just going <clears> to <throat> ignore it as coincidence like it's yeah. just, it's 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 mind-boggling to me yeah i i tried to warn fans going into this game what they were about to see um heading into this game uh, Pittsburgh's opponents had the most penalty yards in the NFL. Uh, Dallas's opponents had the fewest penalty yards in the NFL. Uh, that played out again here in Week 9. Pittsburgh had just 16 penalty yards on the road. Uh, the Cowboys had 70. Those 50, you know, that 54-yard difference is, you know, pretty big in a one-score game. And with a lot of these penalties that came, you know, in crucial moments, you know, a turnover down inside in the red zone on a Garrett Gilbert throw or on a sacked fumble on a Ben Roethlisberger one on a, you know, those those kind of calls change games. So, uh, I mean, we could talk about this on every podcast, and I know people are getting tired of us complaining, but it's... Just kind of the way it is. I, I, real quick, um, I'll just say, yeah, go ahead. it's not about the yards for me. It's always, and this is the way that it feels it's like the they've timing. gotten away yes. with it, that people that, that, that rest have gotten away forever, forever with this. It's the timing. Because if Absolutely. you look at it, 100%. okay, yeah, it's just one penalty, but it's one extremely well-timed penalty on a third yeah. down when, you're tr- when you have to get off the field in order to win a game. And, and, and it seems like it happens all the time. Like they can't, the refs can't keep their hands out of their pockets on third downs when when the, when it's 50-50 ball. They just can't. Can, can, can I give you one more stat before we leave? Yes, please. Uh, the, no team in the NFL since 2010 has more third down penalties that result in a first down uh, than the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah. So just some, some fuel for thought. Uh, let's take a quick break, Lane, and then we're going to come back and talk about the defense, which was surprisingly competent mm-hmm. here in Week 9. All right, Landon. Uh, now, if you look at just the box score, right, it, it wouldn't appear that the Cowboys did, had a great day on defense. They gave up 24 points. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw for 306 yards and three touchdowns. Dallas didn't force any turnovers, although they had some uh, opportunities yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get, and had some chances. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I wasn't even thinking of that uh, of the Alden Smith one. I was thinking yeah. of some interceptions that they dropped. That Actually, too, I think yeah. But. Two of them, but overall. This is probably the best defensive performance we've seen from the Cowboys yet, right? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, you have to consider the opponent, you know. I mean, and that's the thing is that uh, this is this. I mean, there was a reason that 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 Marcus and I were were very extremely worried coming into this game. I mean, this was one of the one of the top three teams in football coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know what they were doing on defense was. Uh, a, a pace that was historic 
what, what was happening with them on offense was it was a was a talented group coming together and a, and a quarterback uh, a veteran quarterback you know get healthy for the first time in a while uh, so I, I think that there was a lot to work. Uh, there was a stiff headwind that the Cowboys had against them, you know, coming into this game. And then all that, and Tyler Biotish pulls a hammy hmm. before the game even starts. Uh, and, and so things obviously were not, uh, uh, you know, necessarily going the way that you thought for specifically the Cowboys offense. I had no inkling that the Cowboys defense would be able to uh, – you know, I, I think that the main my main concern here has always been this defense was built to be uh, a kind of complement to the offense and let the offense be the driving force of this team. When the offense got injured the way it did, this defense is not prepared, uh, uh, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, to to take on the role of the most important unit, uh, the driving unit of this team. Right, like this is right, this is right. not a defensive-led group that is supposed to be uh, uh, an elite uh, takeaway group. That's that's you know, a ball control offense that could complement. This is a defense that is supposed to uh, rush the passer when you have a lead and, and maintain that lead. Uh, and 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 it's been thrust into a very difficult situation. Having said all of that, the performance that this defense was able to put together against a team that is, uh, you know. W- was able to, to, to kind of do what they needed to do against Baltimore, the likes of the Baltimore Ravens last week and, and some of the, these other great defenses. The fact that the Cowboys were able to go out and kind of make hay, and uh, I think they had three three and outs. They had they forced four punts. Um, you know they yeah. they didn't have any sacks or uh, turnovers like you mentioned, but they were creating pressure. They were getting they were getting off the field. Um, they were uh, they were cre- they were creating plays. Uh, at times, and 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 they were close to the football. You know, you're right that they had they had dropped at least one dropped interception, if not two. Um, but I, let's look at the first half real, really yeah. quickly. So they gave up zero points in the first quarter, nine points in the second quarter. But again, three of those points came because of the offense. That's right. right? Yeah. Where right at the end of the half, where C.D. Lamb fumbled the ball, Pittsburgh literally did not gain a single yard, and they kicked a a fifty something yard field goal. So, I mean, the offense, again, or the, excuse me, the defense really gave up six points in the first three quarters of this game. I think they got a little gassed, gassed in the second half, especially that fourth quarter. But for the most part, they did their job. Yeah, you, you, you cannot say enough about the performance of Neville Gallimore. Uh, you cannot yeah. say enough about the performance of Antoine Woods. I, I think that you know the, the difference here this week and is that they this team was not able to run the football against the Cowboys. They I think they mm-hmm. ended up averaging two point six yards a carry. Uh, you know and 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 so I, I think the the Cowboys really uh, were able to do something uh, different. This they were able to change their fate a little bit uh, by making a team a little bit one dimensional at times. Uh, uh, just because and forcing Ben Roethlisberger into some third and five plus situations, which again, those are winning situations for the Cowboys defense. Those are situations that the Cow- this defense can still win in. Um, so if 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 this defense can sort it out enough to kind of put up this sort of early down performance uh, and, and continue to put the likes of the you know offenses that are talented like the Steelers into third and long situations uh, I think it bodes well for their opportunities to to kind of do do more of this in the future if, if they could find a way to kind of you know slow down the run on early downs keep keep the 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 
gashing to a minimum, keep it in front of them. You know, it just seemed like they were more uh, tight in the screws and that they weren't just allowing the big plays to happen constantly. And if they could find a way to do that, they could, you know, they'll be able to get off the field randomly. And it, 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 you know, I don't know if that it translates to a lot of wins, but it definitely translates to a more consumable product for us to watch for yeah. the rest of the season. It's something to at least root for, you know? Yeah, I think there were some really good takeaways. Like, for example, Randy Gregory was fantastic yeah. today. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, Alejandro Villanueva could not block him. Uh, Gregory had a, a couple of really nice plays. He had a quarterback hit. Um, he had a tackle for a loss that gave the Cowboys at least a chance at the end of the game to potentially win. Uh, so I thought he was really good. Demarcus Lawrence, as always, was fantastic. Uh, Alden Smith made a couple plays, and we'll see if the Cowboys bring back Alden Smith. But let's say, for example, you know, let's let's assume that they do. I feel really good about those three defensive ends. You know, by the week, I feel better and better about what they could what they could do uh, next season. I thought Trevon Diggs played well until he got injured. Um, Leighton Vander Esch made a couple nice plays. It seems like every once in a while we're getting uh, that old Leighton Vander Esch back. He had a nice play on a screen. You mentioned Neville Gallimore. There are there are bright spots, and I think I think the overall takeaway for me is this, Landon. They're not that far away from being a passable defense. No, right? No, and I mean. Frankly, what we saw today was a passable yeah. defense, right? I, mean, I, I think with 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 our actual original offense and this defense, I, oh, I think I, I think this is kind of what this is cl- the first time that I saw the defense that I was kind of expecting going into this, right? Season, right? Yeah, we were we were thinking if the Cowboys could be a defense that gives up, you know, or averages twenty five to twenty seven points allowed on defense, their offense will be good enough to do it. I think they're you know good enough to win games, and we are again really close, if not for a couple turnovers and settling for field goals. Uh, the scoring in the mid twenties in this game, so I. I don't think they're all that far away on defense. Grab another defensive tackle, grab another corner, invest in the safety position, and I think this defense can be 22nd in the league rather than 32nd, correct? Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel – look, I, I – the reason I feel so much better is because I felt like since for the last two weeks, we should have started seeing improvement, and I, mm-hmm. and I felt like we hadn't. Right. Last week we started to see it a little bit, but it was still not a trend. It was it was a uh, uh, a blip potentially, uh, and again a lot of it was based on who we were playing too. I mean, it wasn't exactly a, you know the the, the twenty eight Yankees that we were playing last week. Uh, I, I think what a reference. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone else brought it up the other day, and I was thinking, man, that's 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 a that's a good football reference that no one will get. Um, <laughs> I, I I think that this this game you know added to last last game that starts to be a trend. You're starting to see a defense that's playing with more confidence, more toughness, uh, uh, more grit. You know, I hate to use coach nice. speak like that, but but I mean it is. It's like it, it, you know fighting all the way through the end, playing to the whistle. Uh, you know they had kind of lost that a little bit. Kind they of, definitely it, it tackled kind of better slept. in this game yeah. than they had before. And, and I, I also, I want to mention another guy who I thought really played well. Uh, I thought Donovan Wilson played really well. Mm, uh, yeah, I, I thought you know yeah. you, you started to see him starting to get get around, not being burned, and starting to make plays and solid tackling. I thought the tackling in general was was better with some of the spots in the secondary, and I thought Donovan Wilson was a big part of that. So uh, I, I just think that some of these young guys 
are finally starting to get it. And I understand it's, you know, because of the weird COVID season, it just has taken them a lot longer. But if Neville Gallimore can start to get the light turned on there, you know, eventually we'll talk about in the offseason, maybe they can add another defensive tackle or two. We'll figure out the safety situation. I think they probably need to draft a guy. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. you, you like what you've got in, in, in like I said, uh, Wilson. And I think you know, we'll make a decision about Woods or they'll get another safety. Uh, you're right. I think that I feel a lot better about them being one, one good draft class away from being uh, a defense that could definitely take you somewhere. You know what's frustrating about the defensive tackle position is I think their plan was right. Like, I think they were right in going out and getting Gerald. Well, I think going out and getting Gerald McCoy, right, and then having two young guys in Tristan Hill and and Neville Gallimore behind them, you know, kind of rotating in, I think that would have worked. I I really do. If everyone had stayed healthy, maybe. I I think that they're still – I mean, even with – even with everybody healthy, I think they probably still would have had struggles early. Against oh, for the sure, for sure. But again, but again, remember what the what the goal really yes, was. Yes, yeah, just to be an yeah. average defense. Absolutely, right? That's fair. If you had Gerald McCoy and Tristan Hill and Gallimore and rotating those guys in and keeping them fresh and hopefully the young kids developing as the season goes along. I think it would have been, again, passable. Yeah. It's just unfortunate the way that the p- things have played out with the injuries and them being decimated at the position. It screwed with, at- it screwed with the expectations for this defense because once, once the offense yes. got decimated by injuries, everyone expected the defense to be able to be this kind of defense that would get off the field and provide this you know limping offense more opportunities. And that's just never who this defense was going to be no, this no. season. You know, just because they're transitioning to a new defense, they don't have all the horses they want yet. They knew that they had to get themselves to a spot that they could still be complementary to their offense. And for them, that was important to, to be a pass rushing defense because they knew that they were going to be a pass heavy offense that was going to score a lot of points. Once that went out the window, this defense was not only ill prepared in general to play defense, but ill prepared to be the kind of defense that, that, that this team needed in order to start winning games without Dak Prescott, Tyron Smith, and Leo Collins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you consider the secondary they had in this game. So in the fourth quarter, Landon, at one point when Trevon yeah. Diggs was out, I, I charted there was a play where you're you're starting outside cornerbacks for Jordan Lewis and Savion Smith. Yep. And your safeties on the on this one play were Steven Parker and Darian Thompson. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I mean, what are you supposed to do, right? When you're when you have that many injuries, that's and, right? It's the, there's <laughs> a certain point, talent matters. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, obviously they're having they they've had scheme issues at different points, just kind of learning that what's going on. But at, at, even once you get those figured out, at a certain point, talent matters. And if if this team you know lost fifty percent of their talent on offense. This defense doesn't have the t- the, the the wherewithal, the, the the talent, the star power to make up for that and become you know be able to drag the offense across the finish line to the playoffs. The, do the Cowboys win this game if Chidobe Ouzier is 100 percent healthy and playing? I, I mean, I think considering how close it was, it's it's certainly worth considering. I, well, in that and considering how bad Savion Smith was, like as soon yeah. as he got into the game, yeah. they just they picked on him. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you? No, I guess, of but. Yeah, so I I think at least this week, Landon, when we go watch the All-22 on Monday night, I don't think it'll be as repulsive as it was earlier in the season. I think we're going to be able to get through this. 
uh, we'll have some fun watching the tape, well, you know, looking at the offensive line, looking at the defensive line, and I think we'll be able to have some pretty good takeaways uh, for our Tuesday All-22 Review Show. So make sure you guys are tuning in to that. Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.